0: Okay, well, here's a very short one. It's basically a title drop.
1: All right, let's move on to the episode.
0: No, read it.
1: We burn a hot fire here. It melts down all concealment.
2: Come on, do a good job. It's too short. (laughs) Life's too short to emphasize weird things. We
1: burn a hot
2: fire here. It melts down
1: all concealment. God, that was so serious. I thought
2: we were
0: trying out for roles in The Crucible. How are we going to do that? We are. Oh, well.
1: That's never been brought up once. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fire the Canon, the podcast where we read the books in the Western Canon and decide if they belong or not. Let me introduce you to our first host, Rachel. Hi. You want to say something, Rachel?
0: I'm Rachel, the first host of the podcast.
1: Of this podcast, in fact.
0: (laughs) Of this podcast. What title am I going to get?
1: Oh, whoa, Jackie, I haven't introduced you yet.
0: Oh, don't do it at all. She doesn't deserve it after that (laughs) fiasco.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. Let's move on. Hey. <laughs> what? Jackie, it was undeniably a fiasco. We should probably just move on.
2: Well, no, we agreed that we're supposed to start off with an aura of love on this podcast so that we can. Oh, I forgot about it. A person with an aura of love would have been chill enough to wait till they got introduced.
1: Right? <laughs> I'm not deserving of love. <laughs> right, Rachel, I don't think you're giving off an aura of Look love. Look
0: at my face, it's beaming out of my pores.
1: I'll introduce Jackie. Um, Go on. Coming at you straight, coming at you like a big ball of goop. Here comes Jackie, your second host. Say coming something. Coming at you
2: straight. How does a ball of goop do anything straight?
1: What do you mean? How does? It... I guess
2: I'm. Th- I guess I'm Jackie. Hi, welcome to Fire the Cannon. I'm the ball of goop.
1: <laughs> I think I said like a ball of goop.
2: <laughs> this is starting off poorly. She's like a ball. Of goop. Okay. <laughs>
1: In this episode, we're going to give you all our secret recipes for magical potions.
0: Yeah.
1: Who wants to start? Wait, are we also going to have to drink these potions after we say them? Mine's
0: not drinkable. It's not a liquid potion.
1: <laughs> How could that be? Potions are always liquid.
0: I guess I could suspend it in water. Well, what do you know about it, Thea?
1: What do I know about potions?
0: What do you know from potions? Yeah, you're acting like you're the potion
2: master here.
0: Potion mm. master. Potion master. That's a good title for an episode. Maybe this episode.
2: Nah, uh, they're gonna think we're talking about
1: Snape. Is he the potion master?
2: Well, then they'll listen. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> okay. Something somewhat familiar. I gotta click on they're this. tricking
2: them, remember? Alpiner? <laughs> we can't get anybody to listen unless we trick them. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, do you guys wanna know some classic potion ingredients? I got these from the Worst Witch Wiki. Yeah. Okay. The
1: WWW.
0: It's the Worst Wiki, or it's a Wiki for the Worst Witch? The Worst
2: Witch Wiki.
1: That's just. Jackie making a uh, judgment It's
2: your judgment <laughs> I think common ingredients that we all have In our houses um, Rachel you have some bat drool right? Yeah of course we all do
1: Bat drool?
2: What do you think bat drool does?
1: Does it tell us like we're guessing Yeah, and, yeah there's an
2: just... objectively correct answer But this
0: is the worst witches wiki So maybe they don't actually know You don't know how it's spelled it could
2: be like Verst verse, w- Yeah, w- yeah U- like R- a <laughs> Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, think about how big the internet is, and you're the worst one. Gosh, that'd be horrible.
2: But you have a whole wiki devoted to you. That's how bad you are. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's devoted to the worst witches. I thought it was just a witch wiki that was very bad.
2: We've already made that joke. What does Bat do? Stop stalling. I'm so confused. He's not making
0: a joke. Bat Drool love potion.
2: Oh,
1: come on. No, 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 no. It allows you to uh, see in the dark or hear in the dark. It allows you to hear in the dark.
2: bats cannot see in the dark, famously. Well, that's sort of true. It's an amplifier. So, you know, like bats amplify their senses. It makes
1: the spell more powerful. Ooh, oh, that's all it okay. is? Okay, maybe I'll add that to my recipe.
2: That's all it is? Have you ever tried to milk <laughs> a bat of its drool?
1: No, that's what I'm saying. It's like you, you milk the drool, <laughs> and then that's all you get from it? It just amplifies? Well— I feel like it should be called an intensifier, not an amplifier.
2: Okay. Okay, I call fire. it that. It also specifies that you can conjure a magic fire, but you have to use one firefly only, and it specifies that if you use a whole jar, that makes real fire. Mm. What? You don't want real fire. You only want a magic fire.
1: What's the difference? Mm.
2: I fail to see how a, a fire that starts because of a jar of, dra- of fireflies is not magical.
0: I think I do want a real fire, a real magic fire.
1: You can't have both. It's either <laughs> magic or it's real. <laughs>
2: There's also something called frog group, frog gloop, gloop, frog gloop, gloop. Coming at you straight from the worst witch wiki. You
1: <laughs> said Jack. that I am gloop. The frog yeah. Gloop. <laughs> I think I said you were. Did I say gloop?
2: I Thought you said a ball of goo, goop
1: or goo or gloop. Goop. Yeah. Goop is a word, right? Is gloop a word?
2: I guess it is. Yeah. So frog gloop is used as the antidote to the personality changing potion. Oh well,
0: you should have mentioned that ahead of time. It's not really <laughs> fair. <laughs>
2: Why not? Because it, it's basically like me being real. I'm just going to be real with you. I'm not changing my personality around for you guys.
1: Oh, I see.
2: They say you're supposed to have a persona on podcasts. So how can we use these potion ingredients?
1: So we should always take the frog loop and we should we should make people drink. Chew on? I don't know what it is. We should make them somehow <laughs> it's not have drinkable. it inside of them whenever we walk in the door of a party or something. Or maybe every guest on this podcast, we need them to chew on some
2: frog glue.
1: Chew on some frog glue. Yeah, so we know they're being real with us.
2: Let's not be rude, though. I mean, they're right here listening, so we can we can address them in the second person. You guys need to be real with us, and we're gonna put some frog loop somewhere inside you. Well, we don't know what we're gonna how we're gonna get it in, but we know we're getting it in somewhere. Whoa, Jackie! Whoa! That's what Theo just said. <laughs> You're the nasty one. <laughs> for for the listeners who may yeah. not be aware, we we're having an ongoing debate about who the nasty one is, and. They both think it's me. It's either Jackie or Theo. It's clearly (laughs) Theo.
1: It used to be both of you. Then for like a little while, I was worried it was going to be me. But now it's like so Jackie, I'm not even worried. Um, It was not me. It's Rachel. Um, (laughs) What? I only say (laughs)
2: nasty things when you trick me into it and it's an accident.
1: Oh, like the boofing incident?
2: You can't just say we had an incident like that and and that makes it sound like I did it. If he
0: says we had an incident, it makes it sound like you did it?
2: Because I'm, I'm
0: apparently the nasty
1: one. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, Jackie's the nasty one. We had an incident in which someone was nasty. Not going to say who.
2: <laughs> like There's
1: nastiness involved. That never
2: happened. That never happened. We've never been nasty.
1: Before we started recording, we said we wanted to give this episode an aura of love. Now we've Too late. we've really doubled down on just calling Jackie nasty and over and over. I think we need to avert from this course. So, what did you want to do with these ingredients that you just um, mentioned?
2: I hadn't. Th- oh. I don't know.
1: Uh, Wait. So you you mentioned one that's an intensifier and one that counteracts another spell. Is there anything that does something
2: on its own? You can use slugs' eggs to make an invisibility potion.
1: Oh, is it just slug's eggs?
2: Um, I, It's one of the ingredients.
1: Maybe it's just always with like eggs and butter.
2: Yeah, it's like a quiche, but with <laughs> slug's eggs. Yeah, <laughs> I had
0: one. All right, tell us. Okay, this is a real one. Unlike the ones I just talked about, those are real? This is not from the <laughs> worst witch wiki of them all. I
1: don't know, Rachel. Even if it's the worst which wiki it is on the internet which gives it some more legitimacy than you just talking out your ass about something. I'm not.
0: This is a real one. Oh. <laughs> okay. This is a famous old one. It's only one necessary ingredient so you'll be able to do this at home everyone. You have to gather fern seeds on the summer solstice.
1: Okay, ferns, fern seeds. And do you know what that does?
0: Oh, let me guess. Um, um This is an old old spell. <laughs> Which I can't believe it's still around because it would be so obvious if it
2: worked or not. It makes you pregnant, Theo?
1: It gradually, over the course of a few months, lowers the temperature.
2: (laughs) Okay. It makes the day slightly shorter from then
1: on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, was I right? No. (laughs) Oh.
0: It is an invisibility spell.
1: Oh. Why don't you just use slug eggs? It's just as easy to use slug eggs.
0: Jackie said you have to have the slug eggs and something else. This, you only need fern seeds.
1: And that's a potion?
0: Yeah, how is that a potion? Put it in water. Suspend it in water.
1: Oh, okay. So you do need water.
0: Uh, You okay. don't need it, but it will be a
2: potion if you put it in water. Hmm. No. Yes, it will.
1: Maybe if you blend it. Otherwise, it's just like...
2: What would you do with a blender and some fern seeds? It's not going to blend them. <laughs> They're too small.
1: Maybe you get, like, a food processor. That's the better one, right?
2: They're, like, literal specks.
1: You get a special one that does you it. You got a
2: combine harvester. I you bet know.
1: you actual witches <laughs> have a blender that can do up uh, whatever you're talking about, fennel seeds or whatever.
2: Invisibility spell. Yeah, we call it a mortar and pestle.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie's got it. Say that again, Jackie.
2: <laughs> we call it a mortar and pestle.
1: <laughs> that was awesome. Let's do it one more time. Just try to go, like, try to make it sound a little like a witch this time. <laughs>
2: Don't
0: use your normal voice this
1: time. Rachel. No, do it one more time. I want to hear it witchy.
2: He wants to hear it witchy. We call it a mortar and pestle. All
1: right. There we go. That legitimizes this episode.
2: I should point out I'm not dressed like a witch this time.
1: <laughs> That's true.
2: I don't know. You're hunched over and you've got a shawl. I mean, it's just a cardigan that I didn't put the sleeves on. Ugh.
1: Okay, so what's the evidence for this as a potion? Why is this? Or like, who told you this, Rachel? Did you a say?
0: friend told me when we were in Europe around the summer solstice. She said she was going to go look for fern seeds. So she can make an invisibility spell potion, whatever. <laughs> and I looked it up, and it is a famous spell. I don't know how it's survived this long because it would be very easy to see if you have
2: become invisible or not. Yeah, it must work, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it must work. Did your friend ever come back?
0: Um, yeah, but I I don't think I don't think she found the seeds.
2: Well, if she had,
1: I then... think she
0: wasn't able to escape because it was a high school trip.
1: Maybe it's like all your insides turn invisible, but your skin still is visible. Hmm.
0: Hmm. How
2: would that be useful in any way?
0: <laughs> Let's try it out. I think this year we should gather some fern seeds on the summer solstice and then try it out on camera. Yeah, this is
2: slowly becoming what I want it to be. I want this to become <laughs> oh, just gosh. us trying out witch
1: spells. Just the worst witch spells. Yeah. <laughs> oh
2: All right, Theo, potion master.
1: I thought we were making up our own potions, so I may have done this assignment a little different. So this is my potion. And I kind of phoned it in with the ingredients. I didn't do that well with these. So, okay, the ingredients. I'm not proud of this part. (laughs) A single thread from the lace of a running shoe. So
2: not the lace, but a a thread from the lace. And
1: this year's financial records. From. And then a simple syrup. And then I just realized I should add some bat drool. Uh to amplify it Uh and then boil until internal temperature reaches 100 degrees centigrade
2: internal temperature are you baking it inside of another thing
1: uh inside of uh whatever vessel you're boiling it in so
2: you would call that the internal temperature of the liquid
1: (laughs) yes do you want to know what the potion does
2: yeah am i supposed to be able to guess It'll make you... Uh, no, there's
1: no way you would oh, guess.
2: Then no, okay. But you... Then I don't want to guess. Makes you the best, the best Theo at Oberlin. <laughs>
1: oh, Rachel's doing a callback to something the audience doesn't know about.
2: It makes your shoelaces taste terrible.
1: Oh, that would have been good. I'll put that in as a side effect. It allows you to jump 60 feet vertically, but you can't move horizontally at all when you jump.
2: This sounds like a
0: terrible video game cheat. You're not allowed to move horizontally at all, or you're unable to.
1: It just doesn't work. Like, even if you run and then jump, you're just going to go 60 feet up in the air and then back down. And there's one other stipulation is that you can only do it at prom.
2: So the only purpose to be impressive. This reminds me of when Madeline and I were kids. She didn't—just little kids, like, trying to come up with stuff but not understanding the basic concept. So my sister would sometimes, like, pick something up and say, I think this is a clue. And I'll say, a clue to what? And she'll just say, just a clue. I'm like, you have to, you can't just have a clue. You have to have a mystery you're trying to solve. And I would get so frustrated at her because she's like, (laughs) it's a
0: clue. She'll find out what it's a clue to later.
2: (laughs) We're not trying to solve anything. Not yet.
1: (laughs) Do you think there are any people who write mystery novels who just come up with the clues first and then figure out what the mystery is after?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think there
1: are. Okay, so then Rachel asked. So the only point of this potion is to be impressive?
0: Yeah, to impress people at prom.
1: I don't think it's that impressive.
2: To do 60 feet into the air? Are you (laughs) kidding me? (laughs) Wow. Hard to impress. (laughs) No, if I was at prom and somebody started running and then shot 60 feet straight into the air, I wouldn't think, wow, what a great skill they have, I think. Someone just murdered them. Like, I wouldn't know. Like,
1: I, really? They come
2: back down, you know.
1: You're also allowed to talk, so maybe you could say, "I'm not being murdered" as you jump.
2: <laughs> How do they come back down? Are they lower and slowly back down, or do they just fall 60 jump. feet to the How ground? How do you
0: normally come down?
2: You you fall.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's totally fine. <gasps> That's a lot of feet to fall. No, no, you're just landing. I don't know. After I would jump. assume
2: that they had stepped on some type of trapdoor and been catapulted. I wouldn't think, "Wow, good for them."
1: You're right. You go up in the air, and then you fall, and you come back down on your shoes, and that one thread from the shoelace that's missing makes it so the shoes break
2: That's so impressive. Cool. But you're totally fine.
1: Except your legs are broken, I guess,
0: maybe. (laughs) Why? They don't have to be. I don't know why you should be able to magically go up, but not magically come down. Well, he didn't
2: include that in the spell. He didn't include the the frog gloop or whatever. Put it in.
1: It's too late. We got to do another. Other potion for the magic fall
2: we'll come up with that one later
1: and you got to make sure you put just as much bat drool in each one mm-hmm. uh, otherwise yeah it could be bad
2: hey because probably without the bat drool your jumping potion would have just been like you could jump it doesn't do anything like you just jump the normal amount it's the bat drool that's really the key ingredient
1: <laughs> it's just a potion <laughs> that lets you jump it's
2: a potion <laughs> that prevents you from jumping horizontally
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh and then you bat drool it and, then, and then
2: you bat drool it and then you can just jump higher but Still not horizontally. Nice. All right, I don't think anyone's going to want to listen to this. Why don't we jump into the episode? Uh.
0: Okay, so this should probably be a pretty quick episode because this act is actually quite short. Wouldn't you say, Jackie?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of words in it, but it's pretty easy to summarize. People yell at each other. People are trying to prove they're innocent. We're going to give a little more detail than that. <laughs> no, we're done.
1: Episode over.
2: All right, join us on Facebook
1: at... <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, so this starts out in the Salem Meeting House. This is Act 3, and where we left you guys was at the end of Act 2.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, at the at the end of the last act, John Proctor's wife, Elizabeth, was taken away after being accused as a witch by Abigail. And now they're in the courtroom, and there's court being held, and then there's this little anteroom where the rest of the people are kind of gathering. And Rachel, take it away.
0: Uh, Giles Corey bursts into the courtroom and is yelling that putnam you remember the putnams from act one they suck he's concocted this whole thing to grab for more land
1: can you remind me who the putnams are
0: they're the rich people who had a bunch of babies die ah. and one of their daughters is one of the ones who's accusing people of witchcraft okay and they previously were in a fight with the nurses and john proctor about who owned a piece of land
2: mm-hmm. so they have some motive to want to be witching people away Mm
1: -hmm. And can you explain to me why you've been saying that Giles Corey? You're not
2: going to find out why he's amazing. Nope. Nope. You don't get to know right now. Act four.
1: Okay.
2: Isn't it enough to know that he's a buff
0: 83 year old? for now. Can't that tide you
2: over? <laughs> well, and he goes ham in this in this act. I mean, there's just a lot of... Yelling. This, I thought, was a very exciting act. This would have been very stressful to watch in person. I've never seen the play, so I was just imagining it.
1: Oh, you've got to watch it.
2: <laughs> well, here's something kind of funny. So, it starts out, and you can hear off stage Martha Corey, Giles' wife, saying, I'm innocent to a witch. I know not what a witch is. And then they say, well, how do you know then? You're not one then. And it's like, oh... Watertight logic. Like, how do you know you're not one if you don't know what it is?
1: Whoa.
0: She
2: says, if I was a witch, I would know what a witch is.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
2: There's so much circular logic here. Yep. Giles Corey comes in and is saying, I have evidence. I need to show you my evidence that she's not a witch.
0: And at this point, we have a few people that you should know about. I hate to say it, Theo. Theo. The judge for the proceedings is named Hawthorne. Okay. And there's also a deputy governor named Danforth.
1: Deputy governor.
0: Yeah. Danforth and Hawthorne are the two guys from out of town. Okay. And you remember Reverend Hale was the demonologist from before. Demonologist. And Paris is the local preacher that Proctor doesn't like.
1: Uh, right. Right. You're just
0: saying a lot of like, oh, yeah, yeah, demonologist, sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I don't know if it's really, if it's in there. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. The the pewter candlesticks and everything.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. At this point, all of the guys that I just mentioned go into the anteroom that Jackie talked about with Giles Corey and Francis Nurse to try to figure out what's going on. And while they're in there talking, we find out, for one, that Rebecca Nurse was convicted of witchcraft and sends to death earlier that day. Then at this point, John Proctor and Mary Warren come into the room. And John Proctor says, I've got evidence. And there's a lot of arguing about, like, the evidence that they have and if they should be allowed to say what it is. And, all, and like, why do you have this evidence? Is it just to overthrow the court? And it's just very weird. Like, you would think they would want as much evidence as possible, but they clearly don't. It was a stressful,
2: stressful act for me to read. As a lawyer? As a person it is stressful well you get the feeling that like arthur miller maybe spent a long time like in some kind of like endless loop on the phone with an insurance company because that's what this reminded me of like (laughs) like trying to
0: cancel your cable (laughs) yeah and they're
2: like okay we'll cancel the cable if you give us your credit card number and you're like i'm not giving you that so he they keep saying well tell us the names of the people who give you this evidence and so he gives them a list of 90 names that they had signed to like to say rebecca nurse is a good person Yeah, so they didn't want to give up the list of the 91 people who signed it, but then they're asked for it, so they do. And they say, okay, well, arrest all these people. Yeah, bring them in to talk. Yeah, so then after that, they keep asking, well, if you have evidence, tell me who gave you the evidence. And then they're saying, well, no, because you're going to put them all in jail, so I'm not going to tell you. And then they say, well, if everybody is such a good person, then they have nothing to fear from the court. So that's kind of, it. it's very um, circular.
0: It's just, yeah, very circular logic. Yeah. But so when John Proctor came in with Mary Warren, he tells them, that Mary is willing to testify that she made up all of the stuff that she claimed before, and also that all the other girls were making it up too. And the judge is shocked and asks if Proctor told anyone else in the village about it. And Reverend Paris, who really doesn't like Proctor, is—he's is, a huge asshole. This entire
2: act. Why I don't? Why is he even there? They should have just thrown him out. He's
0: the local representative of God. I don't know.
2: <laughs> but you have hailed the demonologist there.
0: His niece is the main accuser, and his daughter was, you know, the first one who was afflicted. I don't know. Well, he
2: should have been in the courtroom with his niece then, but he's just hanging out here. He's nosy. Yeah, so the deputy governor, Dan Forth, is also a real asshole, and he's just very power-trippy. So every time that they try to defend themselves, he thinks they're overthrowing the court.
0: And John Proctor says, I don't want to overthrow the court. I want to free my wife.
2: Yeah, and he says, is there any defense I can give that isn't overthrowing the court? And basically, the answer is not really.
0: He gets in trouble because he says he doesn't want to overthrow the court, but you remember the warrant officer who was at his house earlier, John Proctor, like, ripped up the warrant for his wife's arrest and was like, damn, that court, and so... The warrant officer's like, I have to tell you, he said this. <laughs> yeah,
2: he was like, no, no, no. I like the court. I don't. I don't have any desire to undermine the court. And Ezekiel Cheever says, I ha- I got to tell you, he did rip up the warrant, and he said, damn the oh, court. Come on. Who is this guy? He's saying
0: ha- like, I have to tell you these warrant things, ripper. but I don't think that he is a bad dude. But he
2: did say this. <laughs> and, sorry, I'm distracted because Theo just said it in that voice where he said, but Twitter shirt ripper <laughs> from the catcher episodes
1: it's from Kung Pal okay when they're these two guys they're doing martial arts and then one of them rips the other's shirt and one of them says shirt ripper okay well <laughs> I only so knew good. it from
2: butt twitcher so that's now what that makes me think oh about. wow butt twitcher <laughs> so who I feel like everybody has an Ezekiel Jeever in their life Explain.
0: Cheever seems like he's not actually trying to get them in trouble. It seems like he actually believes in the court and that if you're innocent, if you are innocent, you'll end up fine. And because he thinks that, he keeps telling on everyone. (laughs) Right. That's what I'm saying. He's
2: compulsively honest. He's got this compulsion to say things that are technically true.
0: Yeah, because then Danforth says, oh, well, you know. I heard you don't come to church much. And he says, well, I don't like Reverend Paris, but I'm a good Christian. And Cheever says, it's true, he is a good Christian, but
2: he has plowed on Sundays.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah. He just had to throw that in. He doesn't even say that. He just... He just says, he plow on Sunday, sir. Like, he doesn't preface it with anything. And I'm really, Cheever, I don't think you needed to throw that in. He
0: backs it up later on. But yeah, he threw it in. And John Proctor's like, oh, look, I had three very young kids. And my farm, like, wasn't profitable for a long time. So I have occasionally plowed on Sundays. And I think Giles Corey says, like, you know, other people also plow on Sundays. I don't think that they need to be condemned as a witch for that
2: that would be a lot of people
1: and then they were like what giles you also plow on sundays
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so at this point danforth says mr proctor I just wanted to let you know that your wife told me she's pregnant and they say there's no sign of it they've examined her proctor can't believe it but they say we're going to keep her in jail another month and if she starts to show signs of being pregnant then we'll keep her alive for another year until she's delivered the child so then they ask Proctor if, they'll, if he'll drop his charge since, hey, your wife is going to be fine for at least a year. And he says, no, because these other women are, you know, they're my friends and they're also good.
0: They say if you're not trying to overthrow the court, if all you want is for your wife to be set free, well, it's happening. So can't you go away and not present your evidence? The funny thing is that it makes it very clear Judge Hawthorne hates Reverend Paris. Mm -hmm. He just really does not like him, and he gets more and more annoyed with him throughout the whole thing. Yeah.
1: Do you feel bad for Reverend Paris? No.
0: No, he sucks. (laughs) He's so bad. He's
2: trying to kill all these people. Yeah. But it seems
1: like nobody likes him.
0: Because he's trying to murder
2: everyone.
1: Okay, okay.
2: So Reverend Paris isn't trying to murder everyone. I think he, he just doesn't like Proctor because Proctor doesn't like him.
0: And therefore he
2: wants to murder
0: everyone out of revenge for,
2: for Proctor not liking him. He's really into his reputation, right? So if his reputation is going downhill. Don't you realize
0: he went to Harvard?
2: <laughs> That's what I should have said the 11th commandment was. Like, thou shalt not lord your Harvard education over everyone's heads.
1: That'd be a pretty good commandment.
2: Mm-hmm. But Hale comes and Hale is educated as well and he's actually pretty reasonable. So I feel like he came in and he is what started off a lot of the investigations.
0: He set the ball rolling.
2: Yeah, but he's trying to walk it back because he's realizing things are not going well. But
0: Unfortunately, he realized it after he signed
2: Rebecca Nurse's death warrant. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Yeah, whoops. (laughs) Should have realized before that. Thea, this is where you say, I wish I would have stopped you one second earlier. Oh,
1: that used to be my catchphrase.
0: Yeah, your classic line. Go ahead, say it. You can
2: edit it in. You said it twice.
1: You don't think twice is enough for a catchphrase?
2: Yeah, sure it is. Yeah.
1: Sure. Well, you Do seem it. to not think so two seconds ago.
2: Twice in one episode for sure. Wish you would have thought that one second earlier.
1: <laughs> okay. Um so last Oh crap, I still didn't say it. Okay, go ahead. Say it, Theo. Yeah. <laughs> Just say it. We are waiting for you. Just say your catchphrase. Oh, no, I'd mess it up anyway. Gosh. I always mess up my catchphrase. It's your
0: catchphrase. I know, but
1: there's so much pressure. People are expecting it, you know what I mean?
2: The people you have to give the people what they want. That's what they want. Go on.
1: No, no. They want it to be perfect, and I can't do it perfect.
2: <laughs> How about you just you, you just jump in with it when you feel it, okay? When you feel it coming through, you just come in. But you have to feel it.
1: <laughs> that is funny to imagine, like, signing the death warrant, and you're just like, yoink, and grab the pen. You're like, let's think about this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yoink. <laughs> well, as we know from the last episode, if you just rip the warrant up, they instantly forget what oh, it right. said. So he should have.
0: Yeah, that's the problem.
1: Why did I come here? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how paper shredders were invented. Ah. It's
0: John Proctor ripping up his wife's warrant. No one had ever done that before.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like how I said Listerine is just what I would call any antiseptic. That's a Proctor. Proctor, I hardly know her. Shredding it up. Yeah.
0: To Proctor her is to shred her up.
2: Rachel, it is kind of funny that, so they let Proctor basically panic and yell at them and get yelled at for like a long time, like several pages of the play. And then finally they're like, hey- you should know that your wife actually is pregnant, and that is keeping her safe for at least a year. Why didn't they just say that to him at the beginning?
0: Um, I guess because they wanted to figure out if he
2: was trying to overthrow the court. And they decided he is, so let's just <laughs> tell him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 well, they said, like, we've caught him out now because if he claims that it's only to save his wife, and we say— Hey, she can be alive for a year. And he continues, he must want to overthrow the court.
2: And then we didn't, we talked about the land, right? Yeah, so the guy who owns the land, if he hangs for witchcraft, (laughs) forfeits his land to um, Putnam.
0: Yeah, one guy named George Jacobs. Well, it's not that he forfeits the land to Putnam, it's that he has so much land that it would cost a lot to buy it. And the only one who could afford to buy it is Putnam. And Giles Corey says, a guy told me he heard Putnam say that his daughter was going to get him a lot of land, was going to win him a lot of land with these witchcraft accusations. Yeah. And so then the the judge is like, well...
2: Who told you that? And he's like, he's an he's an honorable guy.
1: <laughs> Some honorable guy told me is that what he said? Yeah. Saying?
2: <laughs> yeah. There well, there's another funny part in there. So Giles hands the deputy governor his deposition and the guy says or sorry, he hands the judge his deposition and the judge says, Hawthorne says, What lawyer did you use to write this? And Giles says, I don't use any lawyer. I do my own stuff. And they say, how do you, how are you so good at writing? Where'd you get your education? (laughs) Yeah. And he said, I've been in court 33
1: times.
2: (laughs) Always the plaintiff. Yeah. Always Always the plaintiff. The
0: The judge says like, oh, you must be very put upon then. And he says, no,
2: I just know my rights and I won't stand for them being trampled on. That's not why he's the best character, but that is really a good second, yeah, second best reason.
1: He went to the school of hard knocks.
2: (laughs) I went to hard knocks. (laughs) That explains why John Proctor
0: wasn't upset that he had just been sued by Giles Corey. Because <laughs> he, he
2: knows his rights, and he always wins. <laughs> he, well, he doesn't always win, but he always takes people to court.
1: And surprises them with his literacy. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Which is why it's funny that the whole reason his wife is in trouble is because he said she likes books. Weird, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, how weird. But he tells them... The judge is like, you have to tell me who said this thing to you.
2: Or else it's contempt, of court. Well,
0: he says, I I told that guy I wouldn't tell. And the judge says, you have to. And he says, no, I named names before with my wife and now she's on trial for witchcraft. I'm not going to say this guy's name because... He might, you know, Putnam might try to get revenge.
2: Just like he ordered the other 91 people to be arrested.
0: Yeah. The judge tells him, okay, well, then it'll you'll be in contempt and you're going to go to jail. And he's like, well, we're not in court. We're in a, just basically a hearing, so you can't throw me in jail for that. And then the judge
2: says. And then they say, oh, ho, what a good lawyer. Well, now it's a court case. <laughs> yeah. He says, all right,
0: then I call this court into session. Tell me the guy's name. <laughs> And then he
2: tells him no, and he's like, okay, contempt. <laughs> this is such bullshit. <laughs> like, it's funny, but it makes me mad. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do you think that, but why do you think that Arthur Miller put that part in? Like, why did he have to have it be not a court case? I guess that just makes it extra ridiculous.
1: Part of, like, was he seeing, like, similarities in the logic of, like, the Red Scare? Is that?
0: I guess so. The McCarthy hearings? Yeah. I'm, I am do wonder how much is from, like, the court transcripts and stuff and how much is the is you know McCarthyism
1: yeah I don't
2: know
0: and how much is him just saying oh that would be a good play well, there
2: weren't any transcripts until the judge declares that whatever room he happens to be standing in is a court
0: <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do bring Putnam into the room to say like hey uh, this guy says that you're just literally like slaughtering your neighbors so you can own their land what do you have to say for yourself <laughs> and of course he denies it <laughs>
1: Do you think it would be uh, like really moving if we did build a time machine and we brought all these people into the future so they could play their roles in Arthur Miller's play?
0: Well, Abigail would have been 11 years old and she would have said like, what? (laughs) have an affair with this guy. I would take them to the future just so they wouldn't get killed. I wouldn't – it wouldn't be to make
2: them act out what happened in their lives. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Somehow you're a little more virtuous than I am.
2: Somehow. (laughs) Yeah. So they bring in Mr. Putnam and just like Rachel said, hey, Giles Corey says that you're trying to murder your neighbors for land. What do you say? He says, it's a lie. And then they turn to Giles and say, Mr. Putnam says that you are lying. What do you say to that? And he says, a fart on Thomas Putnam. That's what I say to that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to
1: tell you. Whoa. (laughs) Now that guy has court experience.
2: Yeah. Giles Corey. (laughs) That's what I was going to make my Zoom name. Oh my
1: gosh. That should have been the theme of this episode.
2: Farting on things. A
1: fart on you. A fart on you.
2: (laughs) A fart on Thomas Putnam.
1: Oh, no. I was going to do a fart on both of you.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Go ahead. But what a ridiculous, how is this, how is this deputy guy being helpful at all? It's like, what do you say? It's a lie. He says it's a lie. What do you say? What do you think I'm going to say to that?
1: Of course I'm going to say fart on him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, did they have that word in 1692? Yeah, it's probably a pretty old word. How? Let's look it up. (laughs) How old is the word fart?
1: They actually had fewer words, so people said it more often.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like that was probably used for a lot of different things. Oh, wow, the first known use is in the 13th century. Yeah, makes sense. Of course, it's from the German. There are root words in... Old High German, Old Norse, Danish, Sanskrit, and Greek. Wow, Fart has a long storied history. (laughs) So that happens. That's pretty funny. So then they send for Abigail because Mary has testified now and given the deposition that all of the girls were lying.
0: Oh, wait, before we get to her coming in, um, Mm -hmm. it's very clear that Mr. Hale is starting to fight back against it. He says he is trying to stand up for Giles and he's trying to stand up for Proctor And he's telling the deputy governor, listen, it's understandable that they don't want to tell you the names because there are a lot of people in the country who are afraid of the court. And then there's this little back and forth where Danforth is saying... Well, that means everyone's guilty. Are you afraid of the court? And Hale says, I'm only afraid of the Lord, but there is fear in the country. He says it, it doesn't follow that
2: every single person can be guilty.
0: Right. He says just because everyone is accused doesn't mean that everyone is part of this plot to topple Christ. And then Danforth starts yelling about how anyone who's uncorrupted couldn't possibly be afraid of the court. And then uh Giles Corey <laughs> attacks Putnam and yells
2: <laughs> that he's gonna cut his throat and kill him.
1: Wait, like physically attacks him? Yeah. He lunges at, at, at him
2: but gets pulled back. Proctor pulls him back.
1: Like he was like, This is my moment. He
2: says, I'll kill
0: you yet. I mean, I think it it just exploded out of him. I don't think he was actually uh, thinking,
2: I'll be able to kill this guy. I think it was like He's overcome by anger. And but they keep saying, like, just he's old. He's old. You have to forgive him. (laughs) Yep. So
0: at this point, this is when Proctor says, so Mary Warren is crying. And John Proctor says, look, remember, God says, as long as you tell the truth, you'll be fine. But if you lie, your soul will go to hell. So go on and tell the truth now. This is when she tells the truth. And finally, well, okay, at this point. Hale and Danforth have, like, a dick-measuring contest about who has sentenced more people to death,
2: basically. (laughs) So Hale Hale says, do you remember that I've signed 72 death warrants? And Danforth is like, "Uh, yeah, but do you doubt that I'm also good at justice? And he's like, no, I don't doubt
0: that. Yeah, I've also signed a lot of death warrants.
2: Yeah, and Hale says, I'm really not comfortable with the fact that I signed Rebecca Nurse's death warrant this morning he says my hand shakes as if with a wound and danforth danforth shows his logic yet again and says mr hale another logic trap (laughs) another logic trap he says witchcraft is ipso facto because it's an invisible crime only two people or two sides can know about it and that's the witch and her victim And he says, well, we can't count on the witch to come in and accuse herself, so we have to trust the victim. And if they testify, then they testify, and we can't trust anyone else because no one else knows.
0: So Hale was saying we should have a lawyer come in and help out John Proctor with presenting his evidence. Mm-hmm. And this is when Danforth says, "Well, since only two people could ever know about witchcraft, what could a lawyer possibly help with?" <laughs> like we don't even really what? like what's the point of having other people to testify because we have the victims right here. I mean, he's
2: he's not he's not wrong.
1: <laughs> what do you mean he's not wrong? But like I feel like if if someone if someone commits a crime on you, like if someone does some sort of violence to you or something, it's just the two of you there. You can still get a lawyer to like help you. With I know, but case, I'm just saying,
2: right? what's the point of trying witchcraft in a human court? Well, anyway? the problem is he
0: was trying to bring evidence of someone saying they're lying and they said they are lying and they're
2: like, well, that, no point in that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then
2: they say, well, she she was lying. And then Danforth says, well, what if she's lying now? <gasps> You can't ever trust anyone because she might be under this under Satan's rule. Oh gosh. That's the problem. Finally finally
0: they they decide they're gonna listen and they say, Danforth says to Mary Warren, like, have you been threatened to say this? And she says, No. And he asks, Has he ever threatened you? And says, weaker, no, sir. Which yeah, he has threatened her multiple times.
2: (laughs) You can see the little thought bubble with the living room wind
1: popping into her
0: (laughs) head. Yeah. 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 So so he's (laughs) She says, no, he didn't threaten me. And then the deputy governor says, okay, that means you were in the court just lying your ass off knowing that people were going to be hanged for what you said. (laughs) She's like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) She says, at this point, I'm like, I'm telling the truth. I'm with God. I was lying before. And she starts crying and they bring all of her friends in. This is just a crazy way to conduct a trial. (laughs) I mean, for part of it, they need to get her testimony away from everyone else. They've got like eight men in the room all yelling. And then they bring in her best friends and they're like, tell us. Right now, in front of your friends, are they all liars who are trying to get people killed? Mm-hmm. None of this would hold up in a court today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think the part where Danforth said that there's, like, a countrywide attack on Christ was the part that made me feel, like— Freaked. Yeah, this is getting scary. Because <laughs> you're like,
0: oh, a zealot. Mm.
2: yeah. I think it sounds familiar. Right.
0: Danforth is explaining to all the girls, witchcraft is against the law. Lying is against the law of the Bible. And your friend says that you guys are all lying, but maybe she's been conquered by Satan. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, um, yeah, we think she's probably been conquered by Satan. <laughs> Definitely been conquered by Satan. Oh, there's a part where Danforth says, a very auger bit will now be turned into your souls ah. until your honesty is proved. Theo? we finally get theo's middle name in the mix that's you that's the origin of your middle name okay so they all the girls refuse to change their minds and they go over the thing about the poppet it's basically just them saying abigail what about this and then she's
2: like i'm telling yeah. the truth i think the poppet thing is funny danforth <laughs> says there is a poppet that had a needle stabbed into it and then um mary warren told us that you know, you saw her make this and put the needle in, so what say you to that? And she says it's a lie. And then they ask, did you ever see poppets in the house while you were working for them? And she's like, yeah, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They're poppets. She always kept poppets. What? Every time you open a cabinet a poppet falls out, you (laughs) pull back the covers on the bed, there's some poppets. So he says, my wife never kept no poppets. And then Ezekiel Cheever comes in and he always has to be like technically correct. And he says, "Yes, yeah, well she did say that she kept no poppets, but she did keep poppets when she was a little girl. And Proctor says, <laughs> and Proctor, she hasn't
0: been a little girl for 15 years,
2: though. And Hawthorne says, but a poppet will keep 15 years, will it not? It will keep oh
0: if it God. is kept, says John Proctor.
2: It will keep if it
0: is kept.
1: It just seems like some little annoying kid jumping in every once in a while, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. It's not like poppets go bad. <laughs> That's what the judge says. Yeah. <laughs> so they're saying that from the time that she was a little girl, she was a witch the whole time, just keeping these poppets for 15 years, so- It's good to
1: start young. Make sure you get into the accelerated class. (laughs) Yeah.
2: poppet keeping. (laughs) Yeah, she was was a prodigy at poppet keeping. The poppet prodigy. We could make that the title. So Paris says, well, couldn't there be poppets hidden where no one ever sees them? And Proctor blows up and is like, there could be a dragon with five legs in there and no one's ever seen it. So Proctor
0: says, well, what would be the benefit of Mary Warren changing her mind? Danforth says, well, you're charging Abigail Williams with murder. Don't you get it? That's, but that's not an answer to the question of why would Mary Warren change her mind?
2: No, that didn't answer the question at all. He says,
0: yeah, I do think she's trying to murder my wife. And they point at her and say, this child? And John Proctor says, it is not a child. I love every time they do that. <laughs> it's,
2: it's just a turn of, fr- like, a phrase that they use.
0: Yeah, they're not actually, like, dehumanizing her. That's just how they spoke
2: <laughs> with mary warren they say it is a mouse no more or you yeah know, it is not a child or yeah it is a lie he tells yeah
0: so john Proctor says did you know she got kicked out of church twice this year
2: for laughing, and Danforth is genuinely <laughs> shocked, and he's like, <laughs> he Spins around on her, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> and Reverend Parris says, oh, "That was Tituba's fault. Yep. She was under yeah. her spell."
0: But look at her; she's solemn now. And Giles says, "Now she is solemn," and goes to hang people. Danforth says, "Quiet, man."
1: Yeah, I liked her better when she was laughing. Jeez.
0: Laughing in church is fine. <laughs> Seriously, condemning people <laughs> to murder—the fire, the cannon pot—is not about that. We don't want to murder anybody. Right, Theo?
1: You didn't even take a vote before you just said that? You just unilaterally made that decision?
2: Jackie agrees. Yeah, but you didn't know I was going to agree before you said it. It was a sense that I had. It was Mm -hmm. witchcraft. I
0: used witchcraft to figure out what you would say.
1: So is laughter bad because that's what the devil does or something?
0: Well, it's just like she's not taking it in properly. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's kind of the devil. Okay.
0: Yeah, kind of the devil. And then they talk about the dancing in the woods and they say, like, and there was naked dancing and Paris keeps saying, like, what? No, there's that's never happened. And John Proctor's like, no, he f- saw them doing their naked dancing. He's like, no, I didn't see any of them naked.
2: But he did. He said he saw one of them naked. I don't see why he's denying it because that, like Theo said, that sounds like witchcraft. He should I say- think
0: he's just totally chained. Like, I think he's the kind of person that... You know, once things start to shift, his memory gets totally rewritten.
2: I guess also he's trying to say, no, 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 Abigail's a good girl. She had that yeah. brief bout with the devil with that tituba cause, but she never danced naked in the and woods. And now
0: she's like God's mouthpiece. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And Reverend Hale says, yeah, when I first arrived, he did tell me that he found them dancing in the woods. So good job, Reverend Hale, finally. And the dancing is just such a big deal. These people, I hate them. I would hate to live there. I would hate it. <laughs> I can't even imagine Rachel's,
2: you know, every Saturday night naked woods dance party, which just would not be allowed. <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, it would down. be
0: ruined.
1: <laughs> yeah, just some basic freedoms would be nice, you know. Some-
2: Basic frog and lentil soup. Like, why did I come to this yeah. country from England mm-hmm. if you weren't going to let me dance naked in the woods? Like,
1: I thought about those naked frog soup dances the whole way on the boat here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How sweet they were going to be. Yeah. On the whole three month voyage, I just thought to myself, be strong, heart. Yeah. There's a naked soup dance coming.
1: <laughs> 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 Hi, everyone. This is Theo, the producer jumping in during the edit. If you want to support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com firethecannon At Patreon, you can become a monthly supporter. For $3 a month, you get access to all of our bonus content, episodes where we discuss Goosebumps, Moonstruck, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gen Z, lots of different stuff. Your support helps us create a high quality product. We use it to buy gear and software, and we've also begun using it for advertising to try to get more listeners. So we really appreciate you all becoming patrons and helping this podcast grow. If you aren't able to give right now, you could still help us out a lot by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Spread the word to all your family, friends, and anyone else you know who might be trying to overthrow the court. Lastly, you may notice that later in the episode, I say Jackie won last episode's Wizard of the Day award. That may be confusing, as you probably recall me winning the award. The explanation for this is simple simple. And sincere. At the time of recording, Jackie and Rachel had not heard the final edit of the previous episode. So I lied to them, saying Jackie won the award in order to buy goodwill, allowing me to win the Wizard of the Day award again. All right. Sun above, spells below, I'm a wizard, and back to the episode we go.
0: Okay. Um... So they're going back and forth with Mary Warren saying like, well, we felt her in court when she was having a fit and she was cold and she's passing out. They're like, she's just doing it. It was pretending. So the, the judge says, oh, she was pretending to faint before. Uh, let's just do it right now then. Like, show us how she's able to pretend to faint. She's like, uh, I can't do it. I, I don't have the sense of it now. And they're like, aha, if you were able to pretend before... Just do it, girl. Yeah. Come on,
2: John Proctor is like Mary. Would you faint, please? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So she like closes her eyes and goes, "Yeah, no, I can't do uh,
0: it. Can't do it. Yeah." yeah. I'm just not in the mood.
2: (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) Well, I imagine she got caught up in everything that was going on with all her friends, you know? Well, and that's what she said.
1: I'm having trouble understanding everyone's motivations.
0: Tell us whose motivations
2: are confusing.
1: Why does Mary not want to faint now?
2: She just can't. So she explains and they say, well, then you were just tricking us. And she said, no, it wasn't a trick. I thought I saw spirits. And she says, I can't tell you how, but I heard the other girls screaming. And then like you, the judge yourself seemed to believe them.
0: And so I got caught up and yeah,
2: she said it was only a joke in the beginning, but then everyone started talking about it and I thought I was seeing them. So she really was she tricked herself.
0: Yeah. But they say like you thought you saw them. Well, what if you actually saw them? She's like, no, no, no. I really just thought it. I didn't actually see them.
2: And they're like, yeah, sure. So
0: it seems like Danforth is starting to believe her and Reverend Paris is getting nervous. And he's like, oh, surely you don't believe this lie.
2: Yeah. So then he turns to Abigail because he's, again, starting to have a little bit of doubt creeping. And he says, I need you to search your good little heart because I know you're a good little girl, child.
0: Yeah, maybe you just thought that you saw it. And she like immediately gets super, super indignant and is like, I saw my blood come out where they pricked me with their spirit needles. And I saw this and this. And how dare you mistrust me? And then he backs off and is like, no, 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 I, I don't. I don't. Then she threatens him with hell. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wait, what did she say? <laughs> she
0: says, let you beware, Mr. Danforth. Think you to
2: be so mighty that the power of hell may not turn your wits. Beware of it. And then she looks into the air, gets this terrified look on her face. They say, what is it, child? What is it? Mary Warren is casting a spell on me. She's got a cold wind coming down. It's a cold wind
0: from Mary. Which, there is no fucking way that a witch would do that right then. That's what's so insane to me. I'm like, do they think witches have no control over their powers whatsoever? Or do they think that witches are just, like, so stupid or unable to think of consequences that they just use their powers at literally the worst possible time? Like, who would do that. attack her in her sleep
1: so mary is still in the room
2: yeah she's right there <laughs> yeah they're all in there together there's all the girls and yeah so it's like she can cause a spell to cause like a cold wind on you but she can't shut you up from accusing you of doing it like, close their mouth if you're going to do it.
0: Kill them. Just kill, kill them. <laughs> Just kill these girls. Yeah, she doesn't seem... Look, she I take is a back witch. what
2: I said about being anti-murder. <laughs> well, if she is a witch, she's not that good at it because all she can do is, like, turn the air conditioning on. Yeah. So Mercy Lewis is there, too, and she's yeah. like, ooh, I
0: freeze. I freeze, I freeze. And they're all shivering, and Mary Warren is saying, like, stop, please. Like, stop pretending, Abby. Why are you doing this? Quit it. Stop. They're lying. And they keep being like, Mary, leave us alone. Alone? Why are you using your witchcraft on us right now in front of everyone?
1: Wow. Mean girls. I
0: don't know. Maybe because it's March in Massachusetts, it's cold. John Proctor grabs Abigail by her hair and yanks her to her feet. And she's screaming. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And then he says, like, how dare you call on heaven, you whore? And they're like, oh <gasps>
2: Mic yeah. drop.
1: How does he know she's a whore?
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, Theo's turning into Danforth. <laughs> yeah. He says, "You will prove this," and then Proctor lets it all out and says, I, "I've I've known her. I have known her in the biblical sense."
0: And Danforth says, "You are a lecher." <laughs>
2: Yeah, so he comes out with it because he knows that if he brings himself down, they're going to believe him. Oh, something
0: terrible is going to happen.
2: Yeah, something terrible is going to happen, so...
0: Francis Nurse is shocked, and John Proctor tells him, I wish that you had some evil in you that you might know me. So he's saying, like... If you weren't so good, you would have realized I was a terrible lecher.
2: Yeah, like I'm not a good person. And then we talked about in the first episode, like Arthur Miller, again, kind of wrote some of himself into the character of John Proctor. And so this is him feeling guilty about lust and lechery. and
0: Maybe. He didn't seem that guilty.
2: He said himself that this is what he was feeling. He was in a dark place. He should have felt it even more. And not ditched all of his wives Rachel's the way that he did. So mad at <laughs> I mean, would you not ditch your wife for Marilyn Monroe if you were a schlub? No,
0: I would never have put myself in that situation. But also, no, he had multiple young children with her. Blech. Also, poor Marilyn, she needed
2: psychiatric care. She did not need to be with this schlub. No, she didn't. The schlub wasn't helping. So they say, "What do you mean you knew her? Like when, where, how did this happen?" And he says, "In the proper place."
1: Give us all the steamy details.
2: Yeah, really. Picks it didn't happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so he says, oh, it was in the, <laughs> the proper place in my barn. Eight months ago, the last
0: night of my joy. Whoa. And mm-hmm. he starts to almost cry and says that God sees everything. My wife is a good woman and she saw what was happening and that's why she put her out of our house And because she, Abigail is so terrible, she thinks to dance with me on my wife's grave. Mm -hmm. And he says that what she's trying to do now is just a whore's
2: vengeance. So they say, the way to test this out, and they say, okay, so Proctor, your wife never lies, right? And he says, yes, she's never, ever lied. Yeah, because
0: he had kept talking about how his wife was so good and never lied. Oh, one other good line from John Proctor before we do that. He says... He says,
2: I have made a bell of my honor. I have rung the doom of my good name. My wife is innocent, except she knew a whore when she saw one. <laughs> that's that's her one flaw. She knows whores. He needs to
0: quit calling her a whore. If he's a lecher, <laughs> she should just be a lecher, you know? He, he should be a whore. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> she knows a man whore when, he, when she sees one. They shouldn't be using different terms, I guess is all I'm saying. Yeah. So they come up with a clever plan. Right, Jackie? Clever, clever plan. They say, all right, well, let's bring in the woman who never lies. So you turn around, John, and you turn around, Abigail, and neither of you is going to look at Elizabeth. And Mm -hmm. we're going to ask Elizabeth. And he says, if she says that she turned Abigail out of her house for being a harlot, then, Abigail, your head's going to roll, basically. Yeah, we'll believe her. So they say, why did you dismiss her? And she says, she dissatisfied me. Oh, God. And they say, how? Like, why? And she's, like, looking at Proctor, and they're like, ah, She
0: ah, says, look, at the time I was sick, my husband's a good man, and she, dot, dot, dot. And people are like, go on. And then she keeps having, like, more dot, dot, dots. And then finally she says, I came to think that he fancied her, and so I kicked her out. And they ask, did your husband turn from you?
2: Like, did he actually cheat on you with her?
0: yeah. She says, he's a goodly man. They're like, so he didn't turn from you? Suspense. She starts to look at him, and then Danforth grabs her face and says, No, look at me. Has he ever committed the
2: crime of lechery? Is he a lecher? And she says, No, sir.
1: Oh, gosh. She is such a liar. Well,
2: come on. They remove her, they carry her out. John Proctor yells, No,
0: tell the truth. I've already confessed it. And she says, Oh, God. The door closes. Wow. And this is when Hale jumps in again to try to help out. And he's like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, it was a natural lie for her to tell. She just did it to protect her husband. It's very clear to me that Abigail is trying to work private vengeance. And from the moment I got here, I thought that John Proctor was like an honest man. And I believe him. So bring her back in.
2: And he also says, I've also always thought of Eliz- or Abigail as being false. And then he... <laughs> Abigail cuts him off as he says this and starts going, eee! that's what I imagine her saying. She starts screaming and staring
0: at the ceiling and yelling that there's a yellow bird that Mary has turned into a yellow bird that wants to attack her face because Mary's jealous of how hot Abigail is. Wow. And the whole time, Mary keeps saying, like, Abby, stop. Why are you doing this? And Abigail keeps talking to the bird, and she says, (laughs) oh, Mary, changing your shape I cannot stop my mouth. It is God's work that I do. Wait,
1: but there's not really a yellow bird. No. No,
0: there's nothing. She's just staring at nothing and being like, uh-oh, look, there's a bird that Mary turned into and it's going to pull my face off.
2: <laughs> Why didn't she pick something scarier? Like, uh-oh, Mary's a oh, vulture. Yellow, a little
0: canary. How sweet. <laughs> yeah.
2: But so the other girls start freaking out too and saying, oh no, she's stretching her claws. Don't come down and hurt me. Don't hurt me. Yeah, stay away, Mary.
1: Okay, so Abigail is kind of like the leader of the group.
2: Yeah, definitely the leader. Conveniently every time things start getting tough for her she sees something. So it starts
0: that whenever Mary says something all of the girls they just repeat what she says and then Danforth is like get your spirit out of them. Why are you forcing them to copy you? And she's like I'm not and the girls are like I'm not. What would be the benefit of a witch to do that? You know if you could put your spirit in the girls make the girls say Mary's not a witch. We were lying. Yeah. Right.
1: I guess so. It's right. just
0: so dumb. What witch would do this? So Mary, it's clear now. She's being pressured by Danforth, saying like, "Where did you get this power?" And she's like, "Uh, uh." John Proctor keeps telling her, "Mary, God damns all liars." God liars,
2: Mary. <laughs> he <laughs> says, give me a whip, I'll stop it. Yeah, but he's never threatened her, though. Well, he's saying he'll stop the girls from pretending there's a bird. I know, but he's always threatening to whip people. <laughs> girls, teens. <laughs> like, does he have yeah. any other methods of being
1: persuasive? <laughs> yeah,
0: why not use a cane or something, or just <laughs> his yeah. regular fists? Why does it always
2: have <laughs> well, to... Well, his fingies, they're, just punch they're those. Fragiles. He
1: does do other things <laughs> yeah. a lot of the time, but it just happens to be that the, in the four acts that we see, he just keeps bringing up the whip, and and, like he sees the play and he's like that's not right that's yeah. a total misrepresentation of the weapons I choose <laughs> I use other <laughs> yeah. things. I
2: don't I don't use the whip <laughs> So wait I was trying to think I, I mean obviously it would have been efficacious if she had had them say oh yeah Mary's Mary's not lying we're lying What would what would it have been funny for her to have them say I fart on
0: you or whatever Jaws
2: Corey said <laughs> On Thomas Putnam that's what I say to that What do you think
0: what would be a funny thing to make everyone say in unison we love naked frog dances. Naked frog soup dances.
2: <laughs> like, if all Mary has to do is say something and everyone else is going to repeat it after her, and they're also doing her actions, so she, like, she stamps her foot and says, Abby, stop it, and they all stamp their feet and say, Abby, stop yeah.
1: it. Wait, so if she says, I'm a witch, then they all say they're witches?
2: I, well, probably they wouldn't repeat that one thing.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. I know.
2: Yeah, ha. It's like a, a Simon says, like, gotcha. Caught yeah. you,
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like Bugs Bunny
2: finally,
0: so Mr. Paris is like admit it, you're, you know, like you're working for the devil, cast him out. And Mary is being very pressured. John Proctor like reaches for Mary to say like, tell the truth, like don't, don't lie anymore. And then she starts yelling, you're the devil's man, John Proctor don't touch me. And Paris and the girls are like, praise God. And Mary says, I'm not going to hang with you. I love God now. And then she explains that John Proctor brought her the devil's book to sign her name in and said that he would murder her if his wife hanged and that he wanted to overthrow the court.
1: Exactly what everyone <laughs> so was worried So of course about,
0: now yeah. Danforth is furious. <laughs>
2: yeah, if she had just not said the thing about overthrowing the court, they might have let him go. Okay, well he signed the devil's book, whatever, but overthrowing the court. <laughs> so then she runs to Abby and says, Abby, I'll never hurt you. She is weeping. She's
0: sobbing. She's going crazy. And John Hale's like, she's gone wild. You can't listen to her at this point. She's hysterical. The OG j- girl's gone wild. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then Danforth says to Proctor, you are combined with Antichrist, are you not?
2: <laughs> why even ask him?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like what? So they say, will you confess yourself befouled with hell or do you keep that black allegiance yet? And John Proctor, of course, says, I say, I say, God is dead. <laughs> and Reverend
2: Paris is like, yep,
0: got him. Got, got him. him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait, why does you he say he's, that? He's like, if, up, I guess he's, he's thinking
0: if this could happen, then there's no God. Yeah. But he laughs and says... A fire is burning. It is my face and yours under the boot of Lucifer for them that quail to bring men out of ignorance as I have quailed and as you quail now when you know in all your black hearts that this be fraud. God damns our kind especially and we will burn. We will burn together.
2: Isn't he so good at orating under pressure?
0: Jackie has a huge crush on John (laughs) Proctor. Admit it. You think he's so hot. Write that down. He didn't have a little teleprompter. Like how do you just... How do you do that? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, she's fanning herself. She's having the vapors. (laughs) I thought the vapors. Jackie's like, I see now why Abigail (laughs) accused his wife of
2: witchcraft. Yeah, he says, you're pulling heaven down and raising up a whore. And Hale says, I denounce this. I quit. I'm done.
0: I denounce these proceedings. I quit this court. And he runs away. And slams the door.
1: Oh, so Hale doesn't like it.
0: Hale's like, this is stupid. Hale does not like it. And Danforth is yelling, Mr. Hale, Mr. Hale. And then the curtain falls.
1: See, this is interesting. In the first chapter, I was thinking- uh...
0: Hale was the bad guy. Yeah, he has character development. The demonologist of all people. Yeah. I
1: mean, if it ends with ologist, I think you're good. I think that means you're probably pretty smart.
0: <laughs> the thing is, I I guess that he every time he's been called to be a witch finder before, I'm guessing that there's only been like one witch. But here, he's like, there are eighty five witches, and he's starting to think mm. this isn't good I don't this
2: doesn't make sense I can't
0: believe this anymore yeah
2: and also he doesn't have any he doesn't have any of his own character to protect he's not trying to like save his reputation like Paris he's not trying to seem impressive as a judge like Danforth he's not or like Hawthorne
0: I mean Danforth it seems like To me, when when Proctor was like, you know that this is fake, Danforth, I don't think so. Danforth does seem like a zealot to me, Mm -hmm. but it seems like Danforth should know better, but Hale 100% at this point knows better, which he clearly isn't that smart of a guy because then he would have said earlier, like, why would uh, Elizabeth Proctor attack you while you're sitting on the stand? I
2: think Danforth's whole thing is that he's really worried about his court being overthrown and he doesn't want his power to be questioned. So outside of the witchcraft stuff, which he may or may not believe, yeah. any mention of overthrowing the court is going to infuriate him.
1: He just loves that court. <sighs> he
2: loves he that court. He cares a
0: lot about his authority. Mm-hmm. He's a proud man. Whew, what what an act. So stressful. Really stressful for me. I feel like
1: that should be the end.
2: That should be the end? That's
0: it? Yeah. There's more. Giles, Corey's moment of glory is coming. Cor-
2: Corey's glory is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That will be the episode title, won't it? For,
2: For the, the next, next episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. Theo, are you feeling apprehensive? Are you f- excited to see what happens?
1: Um, I don't know. It feels like it's already done, right? No.
0: No. <laughs> what do you mean? We have no idea what's going to happen. Not a single witch has hanged.
2: Yeah.
1: The proctor's going to hang. The proctor. Lizzie's going to hang. Who's Lizzie? Elizabeth.
2: We're not in Pride and Prejudice.
1: Oh, I thought it was a crossover. (laughs)
2: Charlotte's (laughs) gonna hang. Hang Kitty. Oh, yeah. Hang Kitty. Yeah. I guess it is a crossover. I think I may not be remembering this correctly, so if anyone listening actually knows the the true history, look it up and tell me. But I think in real life, Martha Corey had some of, like, she was a little bit independently wealthy. She had a little bit of her own money, and she was— Didn't want to put up with this bullshit. Well, I think she was like trying to make her own moves and Corey didn't like some of those moves. Like they wouldn't have been very good for him, even though they were married. So Uh
1: what were the moves? I
2: think she was trying to buy some land that he didn't want her to buy or
1: something. Gosh, that guy just will not stop with the land buying stuff.
2: I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. He's, he's about to go 34th time to court, but I don't know if it's going to work out for him this time.
1: Okay.
0: So what do you think, Theo, what do you think is going to happen now? Because last time you said you thought that Elizabeth would die and Proctor, wouldn't die but he would be revealed as a lecher
1: I mean now it seems like I guess Proctor's gonna die and Elizabeth is maybe gonna stay alive and that would be like okay I guess Proctor did a good thing
2: what's gonna happen to Abigail
1: she'll be fine
2: <laughs> what do you think is gonna happen to that little bird the yellow bird
1: <laughs> I don't know maybe it's gonna start existing at some point
2: <laughs> that would be nice
1: wait guys I'm being handed an envelope
2: oh. oh no are you gonna Steve Harvey this what's going on
1: let me see oh what's in this oh <gasps> Is this episode's announcement of the Wizard of the Day Award.
2: Oh, what? my gosh. Who could it be?
1: So let's let's remember. I won it the first time. Jackie won it the second mm-hmm. time,
2: right? Mm-hmm. According to you, yes.
1: <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> uh, Rachel's still uh, in need of an award, I guess.
0: I should have gotten the award last time for... Reminding Jackie to press play on her recording before it had gone too long.
1: But Jackie got it because she redid the recording.
0: Yeah, that I, that was way more work for me. <laughs> but I saved you from having to do five times as much work.
1: Should we see who gets it this time?
0: Yeah. yeah. Who could it be? It's not. I know. I already know it's not going to be me. Go ahead. What? She has so little faith.
1: The committee voted and. Dun, da, da. <gasps> It's me. I got it.
0: Congratulations, Theo. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations.
1: I guess I still have some good favor with the committee having invented the award and all. So I
2: I wish the audience could see what Theo's doing with his hands because he's got this wonderful little, like, devious clasped hand thing. He's doing a villain thing.
1: <laughs> oh i thought it was joy
2: oh that's what you do when you're joyous you mischievously rub your fingers together one at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean,
1: I guess that's what villains do when they're feeling like, joyful right so maybe i'm just a villain and i'm just expressing my joy yeah not my villainry
0: <laughs> you did you finally realize you're a villain
1: have i been the villain this whole time on this podcast is that the twist yeah What is the twist of this podcast?
2: We don't know yet. I'm getting
1: tired of not knowing. (laughs) You're
2: being like my sister with the clue. Like, there doesn't always have to be a twist. (laughs) Okay, oh wait, can I tell you the story of the thing that I did today? Yeah.
1: I was hoping you guys would be a little more offended that I won the award again, but anyway, go ahead.
2: I already expected you were going to do that. (laughs) Last time, I recorded by myself five announcements of whoever wins the Wizard of the Day award. Mm -hmm. One for me, one for Rachel, one for Theo, and then two for mystery characters that only currently uh, Theo knows because I forgot (laughs) and Rachel never knew to begin with. Okay, then no one knows what they are. Wow.
1: (laughs) Wow. A true mystery.
2: If I don't
0: win it next time, though, I'm going to be mad at you.
1: Uh-oh,
0: huh. Uh she's smiling. It's not
1: up to me. There's a whole committee that decides. (laughs) Yeah, there's a
2: committee. (laughs) We shall see. So earlier today, my coworker was telling us a story. We have like a work chat, and we were all just chatting about something silly. Shouldn't you tell everyone
0: your previous most embarrassing thing? (sighs)
2: Ugh. Yeah, because this is probably going to top that. (laughs) It's really funny.
1: (laughs) All right. So we're going to get a double dose. Let's go. I got to take a drink of water so I can. (laughs) Jackie needs a magical potion to avoid things like this happening.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because I I tend to have a problem with this same exact thing happening every time. So Mm -hmm. I had a group of girls that I was studying for my board exam with, and I never met any of them in person. A study group, you might say. I I would call it a study group um, of people. You might call them people.
1: They didn't make it official.
2: Anyway, the point is like this was a professional group and we were studying for a big test and I never met any of them before. We were just like randomly matched up. So it wasn't like these were my friends or anything. And we would text back and forth about different questions and whatnot. So I was home visiting my sisters and my family for Christmas and we decided it would be funny if we used the Google robot translate voice, like the Google translate voice to say different things nasty rap lyrics, because as we've established, I'm the nasty one. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So I took all of the words to Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back, and I plugged them into the Google Translate, and I made the robot voice read it to us, and it was very funny, and we all had a wonderful time. End of story, right? Uh Mm -hmm. No. Later, I went to go copy and paste something into the chat for my study group and what was on my clipboard and what did I press enter on without realizing I had pasted it, all of the lyrics to Baby Got Back. So, <laughs> and the second I did it, like, I don't know if this has ever happened to either of you or to anyone listening, but the second that you accidentally paste and send something completely irrelevant to people that you don't know that well, it's like my whole body just immediately caught on fire and I was like, I can't undo this. It's a text message.
1: <laughs> well, it's not just that it's irrelevant. Of it. I mean, I think there might be some people who don't actually know what the song is. Can you can you say what the first lines of the song are?
2: Oh my God, Becky, look at her butt! Right, everybody knows that. It didn't start with "I like big butts" and I cannot lie. <laughs> I, I think I put the whole thing in. So yeah, it's got that weird intro, and then it it goes into oh my God! It just like when you read the lyrics, it's so much worse. I want to get with you and take your picture. My homeboys tried to warn me, but that butt you got makes me so horny. Yeah. But- I don't put that in
1: there. At, at some point, they, they start to. Most people, I think, would immediately recognize the first line, right? right? And they would know these are song lyrics. But let's say you got the notification on your phone and it can't show the whole message. So maybe it just shows, like, I like big butts, dot, dot, dot. Oh
2: my God, Becky. Look at her butt. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, Becky. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but to just get this, like, wall of text that <laughs> yeah. it, it must have felt like I was harassing them. Like, why would I do this? <laughs>
1: I feel like you just created a great copy pasta.
2: Maybe I did. Also, I mean you have to think about like who I am and what this group was and when I text something that says take the average black man and ask him that, she got a pack much back. <laughs> like, oh my god, like <laughs> Ugh, I'm dying just thinking about it. Like, Got an
0: L.A. face and an Oakland booty. Yeah. I, I know a lot of the lyrics. I might know the whole song, actually, now that I think
2: about it. You do,
1: yeah. I, I feel like if somebody did that to me, I'd give them one of those thumbs up emoji reactions. Just thumbs up.
2: Well, that's the most like destructive thing you could possibly do to that person. A Thumbs down is worse than a thumbs up. I think a thumbs down would be like, at least you're acknowledging that this is kind of funny. A thumbs up tells me. A thumbs up, up me, is like,
0: nice, thank you. I wanted
2: to know the lyrics to baby back. i I don't think i would take it that way i've
1: been looking for these i've been looking everywhere for these lyrics
2: anyway the thing i did today was much shorter but i thought it was um funnier so anyway in in our team chat at work my friend was talking about how she has a cousin who was in a very old commercial for trapper keepers Mm -hmm. and she sent us the link to this thing and it's just this it's a terrible like 90s commercial about trapper keepers you guys remember what those are know. You ever had one, Rachel? Yeah, I know. They're just like little
1: binders that you take just to school. Just
0: a binder. Theo had one, I'm sure.
1: And it's called a trapper keeper. A trapper keeper. Some
0: people call them that. I never did, but I know what it refers to.
1: It doesn't sound like a school supply thing.
2: In the commercial... The boy is looking at this girl with the Trapper Keeper and then he goes, whoa. And then she's suddenly sitting at a drum set and she's like playing the drums. She's like, I could put anything in my Trapper Keeper.
1: Even my drum set?
2: Yeah. And then sometimes they were banned in schools because you couldn't, you didn't want to bring in your drum set. (laughs) So anyway, so I was like, I'm going to follow up on this with my own story. And I have a cousin who one time was in a commercial for Sprite. And he has like a one second thing where he says, want to hang? I couldn't find the video except on his Facebook page. So I went to Facebook and I tried to – I shared it and then I had the option of like going into my, you know, group chat and sending it to the the correct group. Uh And the group name starts with an M. So I typed M.
1: You had the option of sending it to the correct
2: group.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to do the thing that you want to do or do you want to do something you
2: don't want to do? (laughs) I tried to type in the name of the group that I wanted to send it to. I saw it pop up, and I clicked it. And then I don't know what happened. It's like another universe opened up into a portal. And I look at my screen, and I have sent it to a woman named Michelle, who I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea who it is. And it's just a link that says, my cousin is the guy who says, want to hang in this Sprite commercial from 1994.
1: (laughs) So you're not friends with her?
2: We've No, we have zero <laughs> chat history. I, that's just the first thing I ever said to Wait, her. Wait, are you Facebook friends? Wow. No, this is my work chat at the hospital. Oh, no. This is Microsoft <laughs> Teams. Like, this was a random, she's a nurse practitioner. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and I have no idea who she is. She has no idea why.
1: She thinks you're just really trying to get your cousin's career going.
0: You're bragging. Yeah,
1: he's the wanna hang guy.
0: Wanna, wanna hang? hang? <laughs> she responded. Oh, I I deleted it.
1: Oh, come on.
0: She needs to send a thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah. Send it again, girl.
1: Yeah, come on.
2: Can you imagine getting a text from a stranger that says, my cousin is the guy who says want to hang in this Sprite commercial from 1994? That's like that
0: text saying, hey, 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 it's old Hickory and Mike. That text is famous. Uh,
1: I don't know that one, but... I I don't know what you're talking about, but...
2: I'll send it to you. She could have gotten me fired.
1: You think so? No, she could... What? I feel like there are things that are equally random or seemingly off topic that turn into scams you know (laughs) what i mean i'm just i'm imagining like you send her that and then she's like lol what and then the next thing you send is, like, he needs your credit card information so he, he can book another commercial or something like that.
2: But, I mean, in the context of the conversation I was actually having, it's about, look, I have a, a relative who's in a silly commercial and has a very small part. But when there's no context, it seems like I'm really, really proud of it. And I'm like, look, I'm related you know. to that guy. Aren't
1: I cool?
0: Look at the image I just sent you guys and you'll know what I was talking about.
1: I mean, it doesn't help me that much.
0: It's a wonderful thing to be texted out of the blue. It's famous.
1: But what does it mean?
0: There's no context. It's an unknown person who texted someone and just said, hey, hey, it's old Hickory Ham Mike.
1: (laughs) Oh, so you're not saying people don't do it to each other now. It's just. No, I'm saying
0: it's a wonderful thing to get something absurd message to you out of the blue
2: from someone. Are you an alien? Like, why is this (laughs) hard for you to. you got
0: problems. If you're not able to get any joy from old Hickory Ham Mike, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) I get joy. Good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I was just thinking, like, if this guy really is old and hickory, like, what is he doing?
0: He's really
2: old and hickory.
1: (laughs) I was thinking you were saying this is just something that people copy and paste and send to each other as a text that is supposed to be funny or something.
2: But this is the origin of it.
0: Do you think his name is Ham Mike? It's got to be Hickory Ham. Because Theo said if he's old and if he's hickory, implying that the guy's name is (laughs) Ham Mike. (laughs) And he gained those titles over time. He earned them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now you're Hickory Ham Mike. <laughs> yeah,
1: today I dub you. Oh.
2: You've got the title of an old. <laughs> old Ham Mike. <laughs> same exact thing like the second i realized i had done and i have no idea how because i know i clicked on the right group and i and when it popped up that it was this woman it was like instant hot flash like do you guys ever experience that where you're like i've done something horrible Mm -hmm. and at least i can delete it oh yeah all the time all the time
1: (laughs) yeah all the time i mean
2: how do you do horrible things all the time you are in
0: quarantine (laughs) you've been writing your thesis your dissertation
2: This was like a once every three years level of embarrassment for me. But you you say this happens all the time. Theo
0: would die if he texted the entire lyrics to Baby Got Back to a professional study group. Like he wouldn't even put his name on this podcast for fear that other composers would know that he's on the podcast. Well,
2: he got over that pretty fast.
1: <laughs> I wonder...
0: I wonder. I, well, I
1: wonder exactly how I'd feel about that specific
0: one. You think the composers, you'd be fine with it? Because you'd be like, it's music. They get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, then you could just write after that something like, do you guys know this piece?
0: That was music.
1: <laughs> that was music. You guys like music, right? Have
0: you ever heard of this Sir Mix-a-Lot guy?
1: <laughs> Have you ever heard of this guy who was in the Sprite ad? The thing I instantly thought about that came back to me was in my senior year of high school, I started doing this wind quintet that was set up by my clarinet teacher so i was going to be in an ensemble of five people so i was playing clarinet in it but there were other people one of them was an oboist Mm Who I had never met. So then for some reason, I thought I found her on Facebook and I was like, oh, she's mutual friends with my friend Louisa. They went to governor's school together. And so then I I sent a message to Louisa.
2: You're, oh God, I just, I feel like this is going to be bad.
1: <laughs> I don't, I think I was just like trying to gather intel about this person, this oboist. I was just like, so you went to governor's school together. What do you know about her? Or something like that. And then I get a message from Louisa on a separate chat that said Theo did you mean to send that to me and Katie (laughs) so I sent it to Louisa and the other girl of course, I didn't mean to do that. And then a day or two passed, and then Katie sent me a message saying something like, yeah, Thea, we were both in Triangle Youth Symphony together. I played oboe, you played clarinet. And so, like, not only did Thanks I, for like, for
2: reminding me what I played.
1: <laughs> well, no, I don't think she said that. But not only was I, like,
2: Curious,
0: yeah.
1: shown to be, like, trying to, like, sneakily get information about this, but
0: you should have already had the information (laughs) because you had known her
1: (laughs) yeah 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 i should have already known why
2: were you trying to date her or something or
1: no i don't know what i was thinking i think i was just like i want to have a good bond with the other members of my ensemble here's
2: how i start out
1: i'm so awkward that maybe if I know something about them first, I'll have, like, some sort of conversation. I mean, at least I was just thinking, like, maybe I could say, oh, you know my friend Louisa. You
2: didn't need any intel to be able to say that. You already knew.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Well, what if they were enemies? I wouldn't want to mention that, so.
2: You could have said, do
0: you know Louisa X? Whatever her last name is. Oh, is she related to that guy you dated? Instead of saying, you know my friend.
1: Oh, okay. So then if Katie said, Oh, yeah, Luisa is my enemy.
0: I hate her. You could be like, yeah, me too. I hate her, me too. Yeah. (laughs) We have something in common, good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's the equivalent of like when people used to type their crush's name into the Facebook search bar, but actually don't like post a status of their name. Mm -hmm. People used to do that, right?
1: Do people not do that anymore?
2: Haven't seen anybody post any Facebook status in a long time, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not really, because the way that statuses are set up, it's not connected to your name the way it used to be.
2: Thanks, everybody, for listening. We have one more episode coming up for our miniseries on The Crucible, and it's going to come uh, and cover the explosive last act of... The Crucible. <laughs> the Crucible. <laughs> it's going to cover the explosive last act of Macbeth by Shakespeare. Something totally different. <laughs> yeah. um, so if you would like to see some of our material that we've posted on our social media, you can reach us on Facebook at Fire the Cannon Podcast. We are also on Instagram and Twitter as Fire the Cannon Pod, and we're actually really ramping up our Instagram and Twitter lately. So hopefully, you'll like what we're doing. <laughs> we're
0: posting like thrice a week instead of twice,
2: <laughs> instead of like once a month. Yeah, um, yeah. I know Theo put in a mid-roll letting you know this already, but we want to just remind you that it's so helpful if you will remind your family and friends about our existence. Like maybe just type our <laughs> name into your Facebook status and let them see that you're that you're looking for us. <laughs> Yeah. Let people see that you're looking for us. It's so helpful. <laughs> we have some really exciting stuff coming up on our Patreon, and we also are working on our merchandise. So get ready to see it get ready to see it get ready to wear it (laughs) get ready to stick it you choose what you want to do with it you can eat it if you want to i don't care turn it
0: into a potion use it to make yourself invisible
2: turn it into a potion if you want i'll send you a single lock of hair and you can do whatever you want with that i don't care
1: i've got nothing going on really we're gonna start selling body parts now i don't give a shit (laughs) Is
2: hair
0: a body part
1: yeah part of my body it's
0: more like a leaving
1: detritus
0: a leaving
2: it's not a leaving if i pluck it out and give it to you
0: if i gave someone a fingernail clipping i wouldn't be like enjoy
2: my body
1: part <laughs> yeah you're an organ donor
2: <laughs> yeah, that, it, honestly you can't really say anything when you do that not, anything you say will be weird if you give someone a finger so the only the
0: only way to do it is to hand it to them and wink very slowly
1: <laughs> i guess yeah so. i bet you could say some, what if you said like here i don't want this anymore
2: I have a funny story about a pile of fingernail clippings, but I'm going to have to save it till next time. Next episode,
0: I'll explain about be- my self being accused of witchcraft.
1: Oh my gosh, how have we still not done that? Because Ugh. She's
2: really leaving it to the end.
0: We're drawing it out. Yeah. I'll save it for our final episode of the podcast.
2: (laughs) Don't say that because then if you say that, the fourth Crucible episode will be
1: our last episode.
0: I wish you'd said that one second earlier. Oh. (laughs) Oh, Theo.
2: Theo, you never jumped in. Oh, I wish
1: I had said that catchphrase one second earlier than Rachel did. (laughs) That was good. That's my new catchphrase.
2: I wish I had said that one second earlier than Rachel did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we do have some fun stuff coming up there, and that's patreon.com slash cannon. $3 a month.
1: $3 a month. That's what, like a tube of toothpaste a month?
2: Yeah. Oh, you know what? We also have to do a special segment right now where we have to say, God bless Olympia Dukakis. And Oh, yeah. Well, Olympia Dukakis features prominently in Moonstruck, and Moonstruck is one of our episodes on the Patreon, and it's a...
0: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful movie. I think we all said she was our favorite character. I mean, yeah.
1: At least my favorite actor from the movie. Favorite character? I wonder. Maybe.
0: Nicolas Cage. No. Who's your favorite character from the movie? The old man?
1: (sighs) They're all a bunch of characters, aren't they? (laughs) I like that one girl who's like... Chrissy. I love that man. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. He looks Chrissy. How did
1: you know what I was going to say before? She,
0: I guess, because it makes sense that you would love her, but she wouldn't be in the movie long enough for you to say she's your favorite actor.
1: I hope that someday one of our favorite actors... Can become a patron. I
2: thought you were going to say would come on the podcast. (laughs) It's no fun if they just give us, like,
1: what is $3 from Will Smith if I don't get to meet
0: him? No, we want him to give us like a thousand bucks a month.
1: (laughs) It would be funny to get Will Smith in at the like $1 tier.
2: My friend Michelle um, in college, Will Smith, the real Will Smith, briefly followed her on Twitter. Whoa. And she took that opportunity to tweet, Will Smith just followed me on Twitter, and then he promptly unfollowed her.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, no.
0: That's terrible.
1: She outed him. I know.
0: I guess he was really looking at her tweets.
1: Do you think he was just following random people to try to get followers?
2: Yeah, just like the Fire the Cannon podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's doing what I did. Yeah. <laughs> just don't put our secret on the air. Yeah.
1: No more secrets <laughs> being told on on the podcast, okay?
2: Yeah. Anyway, Resquiad and Pache.
1: Oh, yeah. You should listen to my other podcast, too. I'm just going to do a plug every once in a while. Oh, don't look so appalled, Rachel. My other podcast is called Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. So if you listen to this podcast every once in a while and wonder what it would be like if Jackie and Rachel weren't here and instead it was just another person who was kind of similar to Theo. Another
0: white man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Um, and we read stories you wrote as children. So listen to it, Inside the Mind of a Child Genius.
2: If you'd like this podcast, but you really prefer it to have fewer and, and actually zero women, check out Inside the Mind of a Child Genius.
1: Yeah. It's as fewer as you can get, actually. Uh, should we say goodbye to Nell?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Don't you, did you say all of our places to contact us? You said patreon.com slash
2: <sighs> Um, I didn't say Fire the Cannon podcast at gmail.com, but no one's ever contacted us there. Yeah
1: we got all sorts of people contacting us to try to help us with our website. Yeah,
2: I know. We've gotten about a million emails from one Eric Jones. Eric, if you're listening, <laughs> stop. God, you're so nice. Thank you for emailing us every single day.
1: Yeah. We keep meaning to follow up. <laughs> but yeah, so maybe just send one more and we'll, we'll get back to
2: you. Yeah, s- send like a dozen more and we'll think about it. But yeah, um, visit our website, firethecannonpond.com.
1: Awesome. And now, without much further ado, we're going to say goodbye to Nell. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye, Nell.
2: Bye, Nell.